You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Pure runner, it's literally no different on the pro level in terms of the intricacies and small things. So we're all in the same boat at the end of the day. And keep quarantining, keep social distancing, be smart, stay in your little groups, and maybe we can get rid of this thing. That was Spencer Brown. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. I am super excited to connect you with today's guest, professional runner, YouTube sensation, and social media influencer, Spencer Brown. But before we get started, shout out to our sponsors, Inside Tracker, my go-to digital platform for staying on the inside track of my health and wellness, and Mad Ritual CBD, my favorite CBD balm and bath bombs. But more about Inside Tracker and Mad Ritual later. Back to Spencer. Speaking of tracks, Spencer is a new member of the Brooks Beast Track Club and professional runner with Brooks Running. He is a 2020 Georgetown University graduate where he was a D1 athlete and very popular social media star thanks to his YouTube channel and show The Athlete Special, which has captured the attention of countless young and ambitious runners by documenting the realness of what it's like to be a collegiate runner and highlighting the highs and lows of training and competing. Now, Spencer is turning his running and video talents to Brooks. On today's episode, Spencer and I sync up about his very cool new professional running gig with Brooks Beast Track Club and his new show, Becoming a Beast. He talks about the transition from Division I college running and racing to professional running and training. He shares where his running journey began, the inspiration and idea behind the athlete special, why he chose YouTube as his platform of choice, and how he stays motivated and inspired during COVID times. I hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Head over to the app on your phone, scroll through the Marnie on the Move episodes, click on the five stars, and leave a review on what you're loving and listening to. Also, share this episode with your friends. You can share it in an email, in a text message, or on your Instagram stories, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you are socializing. On to the episode. But first, a word about our sponsors, Inside Tracker. Are you ready to take control of your health and wellness journey? Today, more than ever, it's essential that we do all the right things to keep our bodies healthy. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. Transform your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Unlock the power of your potential with Inside Tracker. 
and use our code, thank you, M-O-T-M, on their website, InsideTracker.com, for 20% off. Also, check out the link in our show notes. So, well, congratulations on your your graduation from Georgetown and now being yeah. on the Brooks Beast team. That's so huge. How's it been going so far? Thank you. I, so I got out here. It, well, actually, it's been a, a pretty weird last six months. Obviously, when COVID happened, all classes were online for the rest of the year. So graduation was online. And I was sort of home until early summer. And then I went out to Boulder with some of my friends and then finally got out to Seattle once I signed with Brooks in August and got out to Seattle late August, early September. And I've absolutely loved it here so far. It's a, it's getting a little cold though, I got to say, but I'm still having a lot of fun out here. And it's it's been so awesome being on a team again. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how did you connect with Brooks? So the sports marketing director of Brooks, he started talking to me like right at the beginning of COVID saying how he was definitely interested in doing something with me as like an athlete slash influencer. And I like definitely made it very much a main point that I didn't really want to be like a a reporter or like a camera guy for Brooks and like that if I was going to be involved with Brooks I would want to be on the team and Matt was like okay let's try to figure something out so then eventually he got back to me and was like hey we want to make you a member of the team where we have the becoming a beast storyline and which I I absolutely love it and that's sort of how I got here now but you know it takes a, a long time to go smooth over all the little logistics but in in general it was like very natural and smooth the way it all kind of went down and I'm close with the guys on the team the girls on the team and it's just it's it's just I can't stress enough how nice it is to be back on another team yeah because you were on the college team at Georgetown running and that was what you were doing before graduation you were on track to be in this position where you're on another team exactly yeah But you were also doing something else that's very, very cool, which is kind of how you got on the radar with Brooks, which was your show video series, which made you an influencer called The Athlete Special. So tell me like a little bit about the show and where it started. It's all on YouTube. And basically, The Athlete Special was it started my freshman year in college of me sort of just for fun, taking out a camera. Uh, actually my iPhone and just like vlogging me hanging out with the team little vlogs of just being a college kid that's also a division one athlete and then it kind of took off my senior year I had casually been making videos for three years took off my senior year and my fifth year and like a lot of people started watching it so I started posting more workout videos and more of kind of that you know storyline of just trying to make it to the big leagues as a runner and kind of got a big not, I wouldn't say fan base, but a lot of people started really watching and getting invested in it. You have over 58,000 subscribers on YouTube now. Yeah, so it's it's really gotten a lot bigger recently. and It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And as it gets bigger, it just gets bigger faster. And it's really, it's it's so much fun having having the channel. And like, I appreciate what you said about the comedy aspect. I don't really care about making professional level videos. It's more supposed to be authentic. But at the end of the day, I'm just a normal person too. That's sort of the vibe I try to give out in my videos and people seem to really appreciate that. I really enjoyed watching and I totally get the vibe, especially as a runner. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun and it really fits perfect into what I'm doing with Brooks because I was filming a lot of workouts in college and now I can continue to do that with Brooks and they're definitely okay with it. So it's really a fun company to be a part of. 
and I really appreciate the way that they brought me in as as definitely like an athlete first. And I still have the same goals as the guys on the team to hopefully one day make an Olympic team or something like that in the few, far away from now. It's just such an opportunity to be had. And there's just not many people out there who can say that they got to train with these guys. And already I've just, because of how good these athletes are around me, I really feel like I've matured a lot and gained a lot of insight that I can hopefully use with my own running. Tell me a little bit about the series that you're developing for Brooks. It's called Becoming a Beast, and you're going to be running with the team and training with your Olympic goals, but you're also doing something really kind of unique and different for the Brooks Beasts and for you, which is creating this series. So tell me a little bit about the series. Yeah, so the Becoming a Beast series is, is pretty much what you said. I'm going to be training with these guys for, I think, the next year and a half, technically, on paper. Obviously, I want to make it more than that. I'm going to bet on myself that I'll run fast enough to continue to be able to. So, like, I guess the first thing is that it's I'm not just a total outsider scrub coming in. Like, the guys on the team are some of the best athletes in the world, but I've run pretty fast myself. So, it's obviously my goal to earn my stripes and run fast enough to be able to have that long-term contract. So, that's essentially what the series is about, trying to earn your stripes, earn earn that spot on the team. What's the time that you need to have to earn your spot on the team? It's a couple of seconds faster than what I've run. It, it's definitely something achievable. If I have a good year, I should definitely be able to do it. And then more so like Brooks is like such a good team and the personalities are so awesome that they also want to make sure that I can kind of integrate my videos to where the, the other guys on the team get involved. And, and they already have been. Obviously, marketing is so important and Brooks hasn't been able to have that much exposure with their athletes just because running is kind of such a weird sport with marketability and stuff. So I really hope to put the Brooks Beast Track Club on the map, have people just want to watch videos of the Brooks Beast hanging around, living their lives because these guys are they have such great personalities as well. We're going to obviously start racing in the winter, in the spring and the summer. So all of that will be documented. So are you, are you building a lot of content now? Yeah. So I, I post on YouTube about two to three times a week mm-hmm. of videos of, of like what we're doing this fall. I'm going to start getting into more like nutritional stuff and the nitty gritty runner stuff and just like that transition from being a college kid into a pro. There's endless content to be had. It's hopefully very engaging for aspiring athletes who want to see what it takes to make it to the big leagues. That's sort of the way I see it. I'm going to do all I can to make it. And then at the same time, really showcase these awesome personalities of these other athletes and and give some of their value to the rest of the world that's watching. You've already probably leveled up some of your training. What have you done that's just totally night and day from college to being on this team? So the, the biggest difference is like the very specific lifting stuff and the very specific drills we do. I lifted in college. And we had a great weight room coach in college, but it's just next level here. And there's so many more details. Attention to detail is so important at this level. We also have an amazing trainer named Sarah Bear who uh, works on us. You can technically see her every day if you want, which is just so like such a luxury to have. I'm so blessed to have that now. There's just so much attention to detail with form, building small muscles in spots where you could get injured. And just really making sure your body stays healthy. And then mileage is up a little bit more than it used to be. It's not like a crazy difference. It's just, it's a lot more being able to pay attention to the small things because I'm not in college in class. Right. So you have more time to focus on running. Exactly. And then just like kind of focus on what you can control. I started taking 
protein stuff. I take collagen now. I didn't know what collagen was three weeks ago. I saw you eating a Slim Jim in the athlete special. I think that's what I thought was funny. Like I literally, (laughs) because I mean, I'm just a couple years older than you, like just five. And I know that nutrition is so important, but I definitely used to eat like grilled cheeses, French fries, pizza, pasta, like all kinds of stuff that was definitely not healthy. And I never had to work for it. You know what I mean? Like when you're really starting to think about your sports or, you know, the fuel that you're putting in and like what you need to get out of that. I I guess that's what I thought was like really cute. Like I felt very college, reminded me of me in college. So just (laughs) a couple years ago. Yeah. And I get people roast me all the time in the comments saying, like, your diet is terrible for a pro (laughs) runner. You need to clean it up now. And I totally agree. Like, I've I've already definitely cleaned up my diet a lot. Yeah. If they're laughing about that, they should have seen what I was eating also back then. Now, I just pay attention to the details on those things. Yeah. I don't obsessively count calories, though. I don't think that that's – and all good – all of the best athletes – We'll kind of say that like they definitely pay attention to what they eat. They make sure they eat enough. Eating enough is obviously the yeah. most important thing. So you don't Very get hurt. Important. Yeah. But, you, but at the same time, you cannot obsess over that. You, you can only really give your brain so many things to be worried about. Right. And like yeah. staying relaxed is super important and just stress-free. But yeah, definitely I've, I've cleaned up the diet. I'm going to continue to do that. There's I haven't really talked to our nutritionist yet, but I'm going to be able to talk to him soon. There's a few risks like with COVID going on, you know, we have to be extra careful with like mm-hmm. eating up and practice stuff. So we're still kind of getting into the groove of uh, the weekly schedule. It changes all the time. and It's very day-to-day right now just for trying to find places that are open. But we have a gym. Brooks HQ has a gym right. and all of Brooks employees are allowed in there as long as they are COVID safe. Yeah, exactly. COVID safe. We've taken COVID tests right before the team camp. And that's like another thing. We really want to make sure that we're being smart about COVID, that no one on the team gets it. Not that I wasn't earlier, but it's almost November now and COVID's been going on for so long that a lot of people kind of forget about it. Yeah, But it's still, it's just as bad as it was in March. That's definitely important. And just like sleeping a lot. Very important. Yeah, it's just, and then all of this leads to just the fact that you need to be really consistent and then build up months and months of this training where you're healthy. And I can tell based off of the lifting stuff we do, the drills we do, like that is all so you, your body gets really good at not getting hurt. Because if you're hurt, that's, then you can't do anything. Taking a few seconds from today's episode to talk about my favorite CBD balm, Mad Ritual CBD. Mad Ritual CBD has changed my recovery game in a really big way. Their CBD balm is off the charts amazing. The balms have five simple organic ingredients, coconut oil, shea butter, olive oil, plant wax, CBD, and different blends of essential oils. Personally, I prefer the eucalyptus and peppermint. Mad Ritual is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off. Head over to their website, madritual.com, and use the code Marnie on the Move. Now, on to the episode. I think every runner needs to hear that because even myself, you know, I'm putting together a strength program. I was doing strength work before, but not even at the level that I need to to prevent getting injured. And I'm not, you know, I'm just running. I do more endurance stuff. And it's like, it's so important strength training. And it's not as much fun, I guess, for some people as running. It's like straight up running. But I think it's so important. You weren't doing a lot of strength training when you were in college, but you were doing baseline stuff. Uh, Yeah. College, I mean, we definitely trained very hard in college. It was 
pretty serious and like being at Georgetown really helped the transition to the pro level. I had a really good coach, Coach Bonzi at Georgetown that kind of mentally helped prepare us for what it would be like if we wanted to continue to run after college. I've been running for so long that I'm so used to the grind and it's more so than anything, it's just really exciting to be in a new city. I really never left the East Coast that often. I'm from Connecticut. and I was going to ask you where you were from. I feel like I knew you were from the East Coast. Yeah, so Connecticut and then Georgetown's also, that's in D.C., which is the East Coast. Yeah. So to be like in Seattle, which is like way on the other side of the country, that's like way far away. What's it like? I mean, I'm from New York. D.C., I loved. It's so humid there. That's the different thing with being out west. I had never been in a non-humid area in September, October. So it's it's so crispy out here. The forest fires were kind of making it so we couldn't really leave our house for a couple of days in early September, which is really crazy because I had never dealt with like environmental stuff like that before on the East right. Coast. So that that was definitely an eye opener. Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine being here in New York. COVID was been really scary. <laughs> I think yeah. that's like the scariest, one of the scariest things we've encountered. But like you don't really have those kind of forest fires or not being able to leave your home yeah. to breathe. Yeah. And I definitely miss, I miss the East Coast vibe of like, obviously like the dry sense of humor, the wittiness, the snappiness of, I, I kind of, my sister lives in New York City. Oh, she does. So we were, we'd yeah. always be in New York and I like how people were not friendly there. Like it's almost weirdly welcoming, <laughs> um, but everyone is very friendly out West. It's like almost like a different country out here, but I, I, I love it for different reasons, but I would be lying if I said I didn't miss the East Coast because that's always going to be my home. Speaking of your sister, she kind of got you started on this whole track. I was watching your sub four story, the movie, which I yeah. also loved. It's a little more serious. Tell me about it. Yeah, well, so that the sub four story was just a kind of a project I started during quarantine because I was really bored and like wasn't leaving my house. I was I was in Connecticut during quarantine, like the the first couple months of it. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna kind of go down memory lane. And I found some old photos of when I was a kid running, and I was like, I kind of just like freeballed it and just kept going with this story. And essentially, for people listening, the story is how I started running, and then like all of the years that led up to when I broke four minutes of the mile, which was senior year in college. So you can kind of, it was like the backstory of me. And like, it was pretty much like nothing like any videos I've really made. It was really fun to do and I, people seem to love it. What made you choose YouTube like as a platform? I mean, being a young influencer and in this realm of communications and marketing, why YouTube as opposed to other video platforms? Well, I always say with like why I make YouTube videos and like how I got started, I never really did it for views or try to get it to try to get big or anything. Like I'm telling you for the first like two to three years of my YouTube channel, it was really crappy videos of me just messing around with my teammates, like not like it, like the videos were not that engaging. And it was just for my team, essentially, like it was for my friends and my family to watch and have a good laugh. And then all of a sudden I kind of realized that like this could turn into something because I saw a couple other runners make YouTube channels. One of them was Emma Abramson and then the other was Zach Levitt who were also division one runners and they, they like started YouTube channels and kind of took off immediately. So I realized that like, Oh, you know what? Like maybe this can be a thing. And then I really started putting more effort into my videos, changed the thumbnails a little bit, made them more engaging and directed content towards what people wanted to see more, which was like, 
the journey of the running stuff, which was really fun to do. And then really just kind of took off from there. And then I started an, an Instagram page, which is doing pretty good now as well. But I think that YouTube in general for like the video platform is just the best site. It's free. Anyone can watch it easily. Right. And like another thing I'll say is I always make sure that I'm doing YouTube for myself. Like I never want to feel like it's a job. I always want to enjoy the process of making videos. I've had people edit videos for me and they've made some pretty cool videos. But at the end of the day, I always kind of like to edit it, most of the content myself. So it's sort of my own thing. I still use iMovie, which is I was going to ask you, what do you basic. use? <laughs> I use iMovie to, to edit my videos, which doesn't look... It's what I know. It's like a basic editing format that I know I know how to do it really well now. My videos aren't crazy fancy like, oh my God, this is a cinematic masterpiece, but it, they kind of get the job done. It feels very authentic. And I was using my iPhone up until like about a year ago. So what I'm saying is anyone can start a YouTube channel and like you just have to be willing. To, it's like running. Like I said, you just have to be consistent with it. It's all the same. It's true. Every time I hear someone say the word, you just have to be consistent. It like crushes me a little bit because yeah, <laughs> like there's and there's certain things like you can be consistent with and certain things that you can't. And so when do you just like look at those things and say, all right, obviously I can't be consistent with this. So I'm just not going to do it versus like this is working for me. Right. I don't know if you've ever noticed that about yourself. Right. Because you're a runner and then you have the YouTube shows. Yeah, no one wants to hear that the cliches are actually like the, the truths of like what will better you and whatever you're trying to do. But at the end of the day, that's that's really what it is. Just keep doing it until you get good at it. Keep doing it because you love it. And eventually you'll get there. But you just have to keep going after it every day. And it's like, oh, shut up. I don't want to hear that. How do I get rich and famous quick? I feel like that is really a myth. You just have to work hard. I found something that I love to do and that I was super passionate about. So now I try to do it to the best of my ability to make it work for my job. Obviously, I get to keep running as a pro and make videos. I'm pretty much living the happiest life you could live. I wake up every day and work towards being able to maintain that so I can keep doing it. I guess I don't want to sound like I've figured life out at all because I've got a bunch of issues of my own. So I just I'm very happy that YouTube has worked out for me. And I think that YouTube and social media are clearly going to be the future as like running really has not been publicized the way it is now five years ago or it hasn't really ever been. You're going to probably see a lot more runners trying to get bigger on social media and and, and market themselves that way because marketability is everything for brands so i think i'm a little i got a little ahead of the curve but i think that i guarantee you that there's going to be a lot more running youtubers in the future i think that youtube is a really great platform and so i've been like working in digital marketing and social media plugging brands into different channels for years and i've just noticed that youtube is making a comeback and it might not be a comeback in the sense that like it's just the content is is getting better and different maybe that's the right wording for it because when like when I first started I was producing cooking videos on as like a webisode series on YouTube and then we put them on Vimeo and this was like so long ago so many other platforms came up right like Facebook Instagram TikTok and 
I kind of moved away from YouTube as a marketer. I just want to keep doing the best of my ability on that. Instagram is very easy. You just have to post photos and it's not that Instagram is not that much work. It's kind of fun, though. Right. It's like almost like complimentary for you to be do- putting stuff on Instagram. Totally. And then I actually use this app called Strava for running. Yes, I am on Strava and there is a Marnie on the Move team called Team MOTM, which I'm eventually going to activate and create some really fun challenges and group events. And it's like you post your runs on Strava. I don't have a Strava pro account or like a sponsorship from Strava, but I definitely, that's like my other form of running social media, I suppose. But like I never use Facebook yeah. or uh, MySpace or any MySpace, of is that still ones. around? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I think TikTok is cool, but I mean, yeah. it depends on what you want to do with it, right? Yeah. I think what you're doing on YouTube is awesome. What's been cool with Brooks is that they give me the the space I need to, to be in my own creative bubble. And like I own my, I own the athlete special. It's not like Brooks owns it or anything like that. It's like a partnership together. And like, but it's always going to be my own thing. And I'm going to find ways to keep growing it. And I just want to see other people grow in the running YouTube community as well. Because it actually helps me too. It's not like they're competition. You right. kind of just bring each other up. And as long as we give the sport more and more exposure, it's just going to be very good for it long term. I would say that like I have a couple haters out there. Really? But like <laughs> like five, not many compared to like the people that love it. Like there's there's very few people who are against what I'm doing is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but if you if you have any haters at this point, it means you're doing something right, I think. I think you kind of could put that on your benchmarks of success when you are so big that there are people that are in your community that actually aren't loving what you do and are vocal about it. <laughs> so and then generally speaking, you just graduated and you did a virtual graduation. It was COVID. As a runner, did you lean into any of your like old running motivation to kind of get you through? Were you like down and out or were you kind of just pivot and go into a positive space? I usually stay in a positive space. So I, right as COVID started, I went home to Connecticut and it was really fun being home for a while with like my whole family. One of my sisters was home. And then my brother was home. So it was like a full house. The first time it's been a full house in a while. I just always go back to making YouTube videos. That's like my escape almost. So I continued grinding away on YouTube. I continued to train. And eventually when things started to, at the time, seemed like they were getting better. Because Connecticut did really well with COVID. Yeah. We're proud of how the Northeast handled it. We did a good job, I have to say. We, like in New York City, Connecticut did a good job, New Jersey. Yeah, because you just look at the numbers now. It very much flatlined. Because we, I mean, I'm sure you were the same. We, none of us really did much in those first couple months. And kind of like (laughs) let it. Yeah, everything was closed. The only thing I did was I would walk my dogs four times a day and nobody else wanted to walk them. So it was like just me. And I was like the the one who had to go in the elevator. And so I would like, I was so paranoid. I was like going in the elevator and I don't know where I came up with this, probably because I was just paranoid. I would spray the elevator with Lysol before I got in. And then yeah. it was so ridiculous. And and then I would go walk the dogs and we'd all be like choking for 17 floors and then <laughs> I'd get out of the elevator. I don't know. It was really scary, but I think running kind of got me out of the hole. So, yeah, there's been a huge running boom 
because of COVID, I think, because people just need to like exercise, get out of the house a little bit. And then their spiking has become very popular. Like, I think that Brooks is really excited because this year, like, they're going to have done really well with selling shoes and stuff because people just keep buying shoes even during COVID. So it's cool to see that running is sort of, it's almost an escape for everyone. It's a very healthy thing that you can do at any time. And, like, it's cool that more people are getting involved with running. Right. And you don't need a gym. Exactly. You don't need a gym at all. You just need sneakers, and if it's cold out, some hat and gloves. If you don't have gloves, you can put socks on your hands. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and running running is so, like, so similar and relatable for everyone on every different level. That That's probably why a lot of people even watch my channel, because it's like, I, maybe they're not running as fast, or maybe they're better than me, but it's, they're still, you know, it's so personal and relatable and, like, that mental aspect of it is the same for everyone. Yeah. What Brooks do you run in? I wear the Adrenalines, which are a stability trainer. Really good shoe. I like them a lot. I have not been hurting them yet, so that's really good to hear. We haven't really worn any of our, like, spikes yet, so I don't know what I wear for spikes, but I also wear the Hyperion Elite for Tempos, which are a really nice pair of lighter shoes. But, yeah, I really like all of Brooks' products. Me too. I think they're one of the best running brands out there. Yeah, I've been wearing their sneakers for, I've been wearing Ghosts for over a decade. Like every year I get a different pair and sometimes I'll do like a couple, it depends on how much I'm running, but I love them. They're great shoes. Yeah, it's they're super reliable and Brooks will always be run first, which is what I love about them. Yes, this is true. What kind of running are you doing right now? The training is actually, it's similar to college training on on like the days we work out. We, We do harder workouts on Tuesdays and Fridays, long runs on Sunday. So I did like a 14 mile long run yesterday, which is not, it's not crazy long, not crazy short, but that's about my range. And then we do a lot of hill workouts in the fall because that's really good for strength training. It's good for building up muscles in your calves and ankles. And I've noticed that with Brooks, we do a lot of hill stuff. I don't want to give away any of the Brooks secrets. No, no, no. <laughs> I already interviewed but... <laughs> Danny and he gave them all away. So <laughs> yeah, okay. um, I love Danny. I love he's I love awesome. The whole team. Yeah, I think that already like everyone's so supportive. My biggest fear was that people on the team would treat me like, oh, you're an outsider YouTuber, you know, with that negative connotation. Everyone treats me athlete first. And like, I, I really want to earn the respect of the team. And I, I think I to a degree have and like working out together is awesome we haven't done any barn burner sessions where like you know everyone's going for the throat but I, I've noticed just like another big difference with being on this team in particular is like having a positive mindset and having yeah. positive energy is so good for everyone else you can really make someone else's day better if you come to practice in a good mood and you're not just like sulking I'm 23 still running and running is my job now so you should really try to be happy at practice treat it like any other job you have to do what you love sounds like you do exactly so i would i would have it no other way i saw you running actually on a track in my neighborhood in one of your videos you were in new york on the track by on the east side on the east river track oh yeah 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 that was a couple of years ago yeah i did some research <laughs> <laughs> I'm like full yeah. full in on like the athlete special. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was I ran like a blue jean mile. That was fun. 
I don't know if that does that track still exist because it was yeah. it was a really a really crummy track when I went on it. They redid it. It's totally redone. It's awesome. Uh, Perfect. That's so nice. Yeah, I ran there a couple of times. I mean, it's not exactly in my neighborhood. It takes me like three miles to run there and then to do like a track workout. I mean, I guess that's not a big deal for you, but then I have to run no, home. No, no, that's good. <laughs> so it's like the, the workout's <laughs> got to be short. Part. Yeah, that's, the running. Yeah, home. no one likes cool downs. You finish a workout. And you're like happy to be done, but then it's like, all right, run three to four more miles. You're like, wait, it's like, what? Ugh. Yeah. Do you have a favorite track that you've run on? Well, when I was in Colorado. I really liked this one track. It was called Centennial Track. It was just a really cool view because you could see like the mountains in the background of the track. But we've been going on some really cool dirt tracks here in Seattle recently. But I, I don't think that there's like one track in particular that I love. I don't like that one track in New York City on that island. I forget what it's Randall's called. Randall's Island, Icon yeah. Stadium. Yeah, I've never I been I don't there. like it. It's too windy for me. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that the, the armory is amazing. Like, I ride past there on my bike, so I ride. That's where the Melrose games are. Yeah, yeah. In the wintertime, when I was at Georgetown, we would, when I was home for break, I would go to the armory to work out. So that's a really good track as yeah, well. Yeah. I like the Armory. I have raced there several times, even when I was like 15. Yeah. I've been racing there because cool. it's like the, the track for the East Coast. So you've been running since you're like so young. Like, like what started you running? So my dad was a runner way back in the day. But I guess what kickstarted it was uh, there was like some class race in third grade and I won. And then I kind of found out my dad was a runner and then kind of fell in love with it from there. But, like, I played soccer. I played baseball. I did basketball. I did, like, all the other sports until high school. I think it's important not to push someone into running unless they really want to do it themselves because it's a brutal sport at the competitive level. It can really mentally mess people up if it's not going the way they want it to. Yeah. Well, this has been been so awesome. Do you have any parting wisdom for listeners outside of that they should absolutely watch the athlete special and check out the Brooks beasts becoming a beast show that series that you're doing i had a really fun time talking to you and yeah if you if you want to watch those those series then definitely they're on my youtube channel just look up the athlete special and in general like just know that if you're a runner like it's literally no different on the pro level in terms of like the intricacies and small things so we're all in the same boat at the end of the day and keep quarantining keep social distancing be smart stay in your little groups and maybe we can get rid of this thing yeah that's that's awesome thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah thanks for having me this was fun thanks again for tuning into marnie on the move if you like what you hear leave us a five-star review in apple podcasts follow us on social at marnie on the move for facebook and instagram and marnie salop on twitter Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 